0: Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. welcome everybody to the tilted land shark podcast brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network listen at the tilted land shark right now we got the fancy towels out we got the decorative soaps do you know what that means it means we've got guests we've got guests here (laughs) so without further ado we're gonna jump into it by the way i'm your host chase sessoms the Wolf of Oakland. I've got with me Zach Attack Avello. Is. Yeah, yeah, we thought about the okay. nickname ahead of time this time, and we've got a good one. <laughs> so Zach, why don't you
1: tell yeah. everyone who's joining us today? Yeah, today we have a uh, a Mount Rushmore athlete of the AEDL. He's been in the league for eight years, um, most of which with uh, Atlanta. His rookie year was with Rhode Island. And he is second in the league in goal scored, I think first in the league in Center top 10 plays. And he is actually very involved with the AUDL currently. Matt Smith, what is up, man?
2: How's it going, fellas? Happy to be here. Good to see you again, Zach. It's been a minute. Yeah, so. for real. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to catching up, talking a little <laughs> AUDL and uh, yeah, getting yeah. into it. Yeah, for those we, who
1: don't know, we were actually uh, teammates for uh, one summer when I played at the Hustle, too, so
0: little yes, background we, there we've put zach and his uh you know use of blackmail uh to work uh to get uh to get people into the show so uh, i don't know what dirt he has on you matt but it must be good if you're here uh, yeah. so matt just to start off uh when did you start playing ultimate how'd you get you know how'd you get started
2: yeah i started playing in college pretty typical freshman tale you know i uh I was a basketball, volleyball player in high school. I was all right. But by the time I made it to college, um, you know, I I wasn't willing to put in the work and I probably wasn't going to play on the team. So I was looking for something new to do. Classic club fair, signed up for ultimate club because they just talked me into it, signed up for the surf club and signed up for the woodsman club. Uh, Went surfing once when I was up in Maine. That's where I went to school. It was terrible. So I'm not doing that. I wasn't doing that again, at least at the time uh went to my first ultimate practice and I just remember loving it from there so uh yeah freshman year in college I was 18 33 now and have loved uh every year since the start
0: I got to thank you for being an 80s baby cuz I've been feeling extremely old uh on the show with our with our guests that we've had so uh thank you for for being born in the 80s um man it's that's seems to be everybody's story is you know there there are a few that get started in in college but it's like Okay, I was in the the cafeteria my freshman you know my freshman year at college. I saw a little table tent that said "Come play ultimate," and, and here I am now. And so between Easy mm-hmm. Mac and Bong Rips, I managed to get out to uh, get out to uh, a practice. And yeah, it's a uh, it's always good to to see that that the way that people come up.
1: Yeah, I need to ask this, uh, Matt. And this could be for you too, Chase. Everyone who plays college ultimate, you you practice fall, winter, spring, club, pros, summer. So Matt in Maine when he had practices in January February late December oh wow how yeah. brutal were those practices?
2: Um, I mean by those by those times in December and January we did have one indoor uh, facility. It wasn't great, mm-hmm. but uh, we did get that you know typical like ten p.m. on a Friday or whatever, so we could practice there. Uh, the most it was actually more depressing in the fall as it would get darker earlier and earlier that we never had an official end date of practice it was just when we could no longer go outside like everybody was in their science lab or their class and it was dark by 3 30 and uh that was the end of practice so yeah it was it was pretty bad uh in the winter months but we definitely got some playing in and we had a little indoor time and you know, honestly, I think a lot of those northern teams compete because we we got to be in the gym, you know, like we were working out because there was That's nothing nice. else to do. So, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: I, I'm i actually more more interested in uh, how was surf practice in Maine and that in that tropical climate, because that doesn't sound <laughs> that does nothing about that sounds
2: great, quite honestly. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, I went out. Uh, I mean, it was my own own fault. You know, I had never worn a wetsuit and I was in a wetsuit that was too big, you know, at a beach. I didn't know. And it, it just wasn't, it wasn't like a great experience. Although uh, <laughs> funny story, my brother actually moved to Maine in the last year or two and uh, I've gone surfing again with him. Uh, it was small, but it feels much more promising than it did my freshman year of college where I, I that was legitimately the closest I have ever been to drowning was actually uh, the one trip I oh made with the uh, Colby College surf club. So I'm glad I made it through that alive and you know lived <laughs> to throw a disc another day.
0: I think I fell into like 80 degree water one time and my body went into shock. So I cannot imagine what you're what you're God. telling me right now. I would have drowned officially. That would have been the end of me. <laughs> I believe
2: it was close. It was close. <laughs>
0: So your first season in the league, you were with uh, the Rhode Island team. I'm kind of interested between you know 2012 and, and now. I mean, 2022, ten years. Ha- how have you seen the league grow? You know,
2: night and day, just night and day. Uh, you know the the league often. You know, we try not to to bash on the early days, but it was pretty wild. You know, when when it started out, uh, you know our owner ownership groups at the time were not nearly as organized. Um, didn't have the resources or even really the the frisbee knowledge um so that first year you know none of (laughs) none of the elite players really in the area wanted to play except maybe one or two uh shout out muffin malachek uh oh yeah yeah he's from the northeast yeah well he was there he did some time playing with ironside and he he at the time was like the the only Ironside guy I think that was like really committed to the idea and committed to playing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, he's slaying him. I I know why he went out and played. I think he might've thrown 10 turnovers that first game, you know, maybe 12 (laughs) assists too. But, uh, uh, yeah, so it was just no, yeah, nobody really wanted to be a part of it. It was a big experiment. Um, not much organization. There's not a lot of film from back then, not a lot of sports coverage, certainly wasn't doing podcasts, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, now you can see where, you know, the league is done, especially in the media space, I think is where you see the most development, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty consistent clips on sports center. Although we did have one that first year, my, uh, my teammate, Terry Roth, uh, also known as top 10 Terry made it in that first year. But, um, you know, now you can just see it in terms of just views, uh, mm-hmm. online impact, number of competitive ultimate players that are interested in being involved in the league and interested in being associated with the league. Uh, you know, re- some of the really exciting stuff, the stats, which I'm sure y'all love and uh, we might talk about, yeah. but the stats is just, that's so cool. That is just so cool. The yardage stuff uh, to me is a huge advancement. AUDL.TV is a product, you know, if you, watch the streams now you know of course every team you know is working kind of with a different crew but with standardized graphics info on the stats like all that broadcast production and stuff is just so much further advanced than it was in those early days where it was maybe a youtube stream if that uh you know usually very choppy coverage yeah no replays none of that so it, it's been really incredible you know I, I obviously wasn't around around at the start of any other pro sports leagues so I don't know what <laughs> 10 years looks like but uh, I know that there has been a lot of progress on our end uh in those 10 years
1: yeah you talked about some uh sketchy streaming uh night watch when Trent was our owner we did Facebook live to stream Ooh, our ultimate games nice. that's that's all sketchy it was, but it was really cool. So this past Saturday night, I was at a buddy's house. I was at Javi's, um, Matt Smith, you know Javi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at his house. He was getting together some people for dinner, and he has a Roku TV, and he talked mm-hmm. about AEDL TV, and you can actually get the AEDL TV app on the Roku, so you don't have to stream it from your computer. It's straight to the TV. You're watching Ultimate. Um, my buddy who was right there with me thought he would – never really see that you could just turn on a tv go to an app on your tv and start watching a live ultimate game so we were we were really appreciating that and also it goes along the lines of like how far the ADL has gone and how far spread we could like reach with all the media that we're doing
2: roku is my preferred way of watching i also have the roku up and uh i think that it yeah I, it's just like any other sports experience uh and one other thing i was going to mention is the with with us being on fs2 there's been a couple of mm-hmm. cool instances where you know players get to watch themselves or other teams competing kind of out at bars you know buffalo wildlings stuff like that yeah. you know they, they actually have that um and we're kind of hopefully past that phase of you know where you had to have some sort of weird streaming device and a and an in with the barkeep or you know with the bartender and hope that mm-hmm. they'll like finagle it for you it's it's, yeah. uh, it's cool to see that uh that growing like the way you consume sports uh the closer the more professional we can make that i think you know the more success we'll have
0: Mm -hmm. and you and people no longer have to really like lobby their friends to convince them that they actually play a professional sport like no really (laughs) listen for real it is on fs2 (laughs) you can watch me now
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, hashtag legitimacy, right? So. That's right. That's what we want. We want to be and mainstream. I,
0: and I, I, I mean, I got to say, everything that you brought up with the, the AUDL TV streaming product, it's excellent. It's really, really good right now. I, I think that you guys have done you know a, a great job of finding the right uh, the right announcers for the games. Uh, the the graphics that are great. Uh, the multiple camera angles. It's not just like the the one high angle shot that you get from like a like the recording of a high school football game or something. Like you know if if we could throw in some like Jomez Pro like shot trackers in there, oh baby, we
2: would be set. we're we're working on it rest assured there there are people talking about what to put you know how to track discs how to track player speed all that stuff so we'll uh you know we're building towards it but uh yeah i'm looking forward to us uh you know making even more progress and and bettering that viewing experience because as much as i'm a player i'm also a fan and uh like you said adl.tv if you're a fan of the league is actually a really great value you know i i subscribe to league pass and and some other stuff so like relative as a sports streaming service like games are you know pretty timely there's not a lot of commercials Mm -hmm. they move quick you can jump between them pretty easy um you know i'm almost kind of torn because obviously we want more sponsors to have more commercials but as a fan it's just a great viewing experience right now you know there's not that the end of a game doesn't take 20 minutes because of timeouts and reviews and commercials and whatnot. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, as a fan really enjoy ADL.tv as well.
1: Yeah. And I would say for the rest of the fans, the cool thing too is to see ultimate on sports center. Um, growing up as a kid, I could care less about the first 55 minutes of watching sports Center. the last five minutes when they do is top 10 is what I want to watch. And Matt, I said it in your intro, you you make it quite often um week one this year you've made it already when you guys played against uh carolina but is there any play that you've made in your adl history whether it's made sports center top 10 or not that you could remember as your favorite play
2: that's tough you know people do ask me that i've been fortunate enough to put together like a nice little highlight mix you know i like to think <laughs> um i think there's been a. Uh, actually yeah. I'll, I'll throw one out there Um uh, it's actually against the night watch uh, that's why i'm doing it i'll throw out, <laughs> throw out a oh, night
1: watch one um, hey, Chase, it, go ahead and mute this
2: out yeah i got yeah. it It'll be, we'll get it edited out don't worry <laughs> yeah it's just gonna come in as like another team it's against, against the flyers or whatever um, yeah but no it was, it was coming out of a timeout um it was it was a way playing against y'all uh nice grass field can't remember where it was exactly but out of the timeout, it was that first year playing with Dylan Tonell. Loved playing with Dylan Tonell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Clark was the captain, and the play was, you know, the play was what it was every time that year, which was let's just see what happens and maybe Matt go deep. So that was the plan. I went deep. Uh, and right in, in the timeout, Jay was very explicit to Dylan. Only throw it if he is open. Only throw it if he's open. Uh, Dylan's like, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. He puts it up. Of course, it goes into double coverage. Like there are <laughs> literally two dudes, uh, right there in front of me. Uh, this was, this was in those early days, early days though. And I got a good jump on it. Uh, was able to get what I call a BOGO, you know, the buy one, get one, uh, <laughs> scooped it over the top. Uh, and yeah, I, I just, that was early in my career. I felt like it really solidified me. It was kind mm-hmm. of, like an elite player or at least like an elite player up in the air. Uh and I just also just love the reaction of Jay just immediately throwing his hands up and looking at <laughs> Dylan. And Dylan with just this big shrug and smile, like he was open, you know. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I'll I'll try and send you. I got it somewhere, a little Jeff or something. I'll send it to you. But uh that's probably my favorite one. Uh I I tell the story is I can't I could never dunk in basketball I was very close, um, mm-hmm. but I, I could never quite get a regular size ball down and so one of the things I love most in ultimate is as close as you can get to a dunk which is just roofing somebody just you know right over the top of them so whenever I'm able to to dial one of those up you know I I feel extra happy inside mm-hmm.
0: that is. Yeah absolutely fantastic do you have, have any rewards it. that that ended the night watch franchise that one play
2: <laughs> no no it wasn't it wasn't that uh I'll, I'll let zach speak to what happened there that was a whole other story but uh, don't we have an
0: ad read we have to get to right now it, it was the first <laughs> no. domino and you are right
1: um, there is an ad read we need real to get quick to. before we get to that real quick i will have to say matt smith you may not remember this you talked about early in your career my first ever point playing in the ADL. I played with the Nightwatch. I came, I was coming from South Georgia from sectionals, and Nightwatch was playing Atlanta on a Sunday afternoon in Atlanta. And it was 2016. I think you know this game because you guys lost in overtime. Nightwatch ended up winning my first ever ADL game. Um, the first point I ever got on through on defense, they matched me up with Matt Smith. Um, already knew who you were. Thought I could take you on and lo and behold, you take me, and I think it was, may, may have been like a 50, 65-yard throw. I don't know who it was from, but you got the best of me. There's an old photo on my Facebook that's now deleted of that. Um Yeah, first point ever in my ADL career was against Matt Smith, and that was a mistake.
0: Wait, wait um, so wait, were you on the line counting out? Was it man-to-man, and it was like four? Okay, somebody has to take four. At that somebody point, Somebody has think... to take four. <laughs>
1: No, they were uh they were definitely captains Recalling calling matchups and uh definitely just hey kid, get him. See what see what we <laughs> can do. Usually you throw the kids out there to wear out the other players. They're uh they're studs. So uh
2: yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough draw for a young kid, man. I'm sorry. Hey, that's yeah. uh damn. A lot of growing. <laughs> it's hot, you know. Uh yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a tough draw there. <laughs> All
0: right, so we have to get to an ad read here. We will be right back on the Tilted Landshark, on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network with our guest, Matt Smith. We'll be back. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet 50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Win an ultimate fantasy football experience, bet $500 on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed, and who doesn't want to party with DJ Diesel All users can bet $100 on NBA or casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as meet and greet with DJ Diesel this summer. Why does that matter? Oh yeah, because he's Shaquille O'Neal. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 just do it by playing their new over and under game it's super simple first any sport choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under for example number of points in a basketball game or hits in a baseball game then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest if you pick correctly you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in main reason i'm excited about over under on sleeper it's the only app where i can join my buddies contest and play together it's got a built-in group chat where i can see and copy my friends picks with the tap of a button it's insanely fun to write it out together stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tilted Land Shark podcast. Once again, we've got Matt Smith of the Atlanta Hustle. but I believe he's actually a Slash a slash he's got he's got multiple roles uh director of uh player relations also for the AUDL is that correct
2: yep yep the uh the AUDL at the start of the year you know uh brought on more full-time employees brought on a handful uh you know as a startup it's one of those things where you, you have to wear many hats you know obviously the league has been in operation for 10 years so when I say as a startup it's kind of under a new ownership group uh, and a more formalized um, and honestly more professional uh, ownership group of the league. So I was part of that kind of first wave of employees to come on. Uh, I work director of player relations and youth engagement are kind of my two main roles. Uh, And then I also work with the AUDL inclusion initiative along with Christina Chung of the Philadelphia Phoenix. Uh, And we had some initiatives on that front too. So wear a lot of different hats but um i certainly love interacting with the players and and the kids and so those are kind of the two main roles uh that i work in
0: do you get many jackie moon uh comparisons uh you know being a player slash working with the league
2: (laughs) i get I you get pretty much everything you know Uh, (laughs) jackie moon you know i i often joke uh we're getting to a point where the league is a weird level of famous, you know, or some of the stars are a weird level of famous where it's not actually famous in the way that people aren't getting chased down and, you know, malls and stopped for stuff. But, um, you know, like I got asked to do a pharmacy opening event where, uh, the hustle were sponsoring or being sponsored by like a pharmacy. And so, Uh me and another player are there in our jerseys at just like a press conference, you know, giving out an honorary jersey and cutting a ribbon or watching someone cut a ribbon. And uh yeah, it's pretty it's a it's a fun place to be, honestly, in in the sports world. If they didn't
0: have a disc that looked like a circular pill, then there was a big miss on their part, I'm just gonna say.
2: I'll I'll bring that up to them. They did not, uh (laughs) but he's a creative owner and uh he's a creative guy and I'm I'm sure he'd be interested.
1: So you bring up uh, youth programs, um, not only director of uh, player relationships, but youth programs, too. I know when I played with Hustle, you were very involved with that. How big of a deal is, you know, these youth camps, youth clinics, not only in Atlanta, but across all the other cities that the ADL has a team in?
2: They're, they're a big deal. You know, I think one of the things that most people don't think about when they think of the AUDL is actually the amount of youth engagement that happens currently. Uh, You know, between all the teams, we, we are hoping to engage last year was about 4,000 kids, 3,500 to 4,000 kids across all the teams. And this year we're looking uh, closer to 7,000, especially with Salt Lake kind of joining the league. They have an amazing Uh, Youth outreach program there, as well as Colorado. Um, So, you know, I I think only time will tell, right? You know, if if the impact is what we hope it is. But I know for a fact that, you know, at at Atlanta Hustle Games, I see tens, maybe, you know, tens of kids, 50, 60 kids at halftime just throwing on the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, we probably reach in Atlanta about 300 kids a summer through our camps and various clinics. Um, so it's really exciting, you know, and I think one of the things I, I want to get on record is that, you know, the u we've started doing this thing too, where we are sort of p- partnering with parks and rec organizations and have found a lot of success in that. And, uh, I, I'm really excited about that because it helps break out of the typical ultimate mold, which is a big thing that we're trying to get to, right? As a sports league, like we're just never going to survive if we only appeal to this Tiny demographic of people. And um, I think by engaging with just kind of youth across the board and reaching kids when they're younger, especially non, you know, uh, private school Caucasian kids, you know, like when we're getting out Mm -hmm. into new communities, um, I'm really excited about what the possibilities of that will be. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Right now, it's hard to track exactly. You know, you're starting to see some of these cool storylines on social media where it'll be a picture of a kid who's like 13 and now he's playing in the league and uh Mm -hmm. this kind of like jump to and from so i hope we continue to see that and you know i hope our numbers continue to grow up uh and yeah hopefully we're continuing to improve as like a youth serving organization
0: that's that's a very good point And, and it's the the inclusion of youth because uh I've always said to people that no one grew up playing ultimate frisbee. Just think I'm thinking of, of just how great the talent base can be whenever you finally hit this generation of kids who have been playing since they were in, you know, elementary school and playing at like mm-hmm. a, a decent organized level that understand the game that aren't out playing, uh, you know, church pickup ultimate where it's everyone go deep and someone, someone hucks it. And it's just essentially a game of 500 uh, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I really, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are, getting younger trying to get younger people involved and involved you know at an earlier age uh speaking of you know getting involved being a young man yourself who were your influences from ultimate frisbee and from other sports that kind of made you you know make you play the way you play
2: yeah so for ultimate frisbee to be honest i was real anti um Anti, like, I didn't know much. So I went to Colby College, which is a small D3 school kind of in the middle of nowhere. We actually had a great ultimate program. Uh, you know, we had an A and a B team on the men's side and an A team on the women's side. Uh, but what made it great wasn't the quality of ultimate that we were playing. Right. You know, we would play and it was it was not bad. Like some of our seniors when I were a freshman, when I was a freshman were uh, pretty good. Other sports and Zach is gonna love this. So my my guy was Dwayne Wade. Uh, yes, that was my sports yes. influence. I was I was a basketball guy, so like Iverson and Dwayne Wade were like my heroes, right? Just these Iverson is like these you know small tough guys, super athletic. Dwayne Wade, I'm sure Zach knows this, but he leads uh, all time in basically blocks mm-hmm. of taller players. So like as a guard, he leads all time in like blocks of players six, six or over or something like that. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. And everybody, you know, you can watch the dunk mix, you know, you can watch the blocks, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, hopefully that's, that's how I want to play ultimate, you know, is I want it to be, he's, he's technically very sound. He's very skilled. uh, Mm Um, Well, he'll dunk on you, you know. He's an athlete and probably one of the best athletes, you know, in his prime. Prime D-Wade is like one of the best athletes Oh, yeah.
1: He won a championship three years into his career. I mean, that's not his prime, but people forget about that. He was a third-year kid. He was 22, led a team to a championship.
2: Yep. And I'm a big LeBron fan, but, like, LeBron went to Miami because he had to learn how to win. From Wade. Yeah. Right. You know, like I think LeBron was probably a better player at the time, even like statistically, or if you kind of lined it mm-hmm. up. But like Wade was just that dude, right? Like he'd want it on his own. You know, I mean, you know, whatever, old Shaq. But like he won that on his own, basically. Yeah. And like yeah. that dude is a dog. And like that's kind of what I've always tried to be, you know, is like maybe some guys has got more technical skill, right? Like maybe some guy can flick it a little further or whatever. But like, you know, he, you don't want to get caught with me one-on-one downfield. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the attitude I've always taken. So that's definitely my my guys from basketball, Dwayne Wade, Allen Iverson.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because a nice little remix to watch before like an ultimate tournament is D-Wade against Dallas in 06. That from game three on when he took over, it it, it, it kind of pumps you up. Um, But I'm also glad you brought up basketball because I know Atlanta, Hustle, Chain, has a rec team that you guys are pretty damn good at basketball for uh, i could tell you in chattanooga there's not a lot of good basketball players in the ultimate community we we are bad but in atlanta you guys have a great rec team what is it like to play rec with some of your ultimate teammates anything you take from ultimate when you play basketball vice versa um what's that like
2: so much fun, right? I mean, because these are just your friends. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a rec league, you know, like I would say we're good at basketball, but in a sport like basketball, it's all relative, right? So we're in the the B division. There's an A, B, and a C, and we're in the B division of Atlanta Sport and Social. Uh, we're the two-time champs, uh, though it has been close a couple of those times, so it's a good level of competition. But uh, yeah, it's just so much fun to play with the guys. Um, honestly, a lot of them play... Almost exactly like their ultimate games, which makes it mm-hmm. really fun, honestly, to watch them play. A uh, good example, you know, you might know Carl, Carl Enzo, Enzo. Carl <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah, it's he's just you know super athletic. I don't always know if he knows what he's doing. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but he's attacking the rim, uh, and it's just like a bucket getter, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like kind of the same. Same mentality. Some of the guys you played with, you know, Thor, um, mm-hmm. yeah. he uh, he plays just big man ball, kind of bullies people the same way he does in ultimate. Um, so, yeah, it's just been it's been really fun to play with the guys, get some wins, uh, build some confidence, uh, though I will say we probably shoot about 25 percent from the field these days. But uh, through fast breaking and full court press and, and layups, we, mm-hmm. we got the job done. So um,
1: just the
0: forty okay. minutes of hell, uh, you know, the forty minutes of hell, you know, approach. Love it. Just full court press. Start gut guard- guarding
2: whenever they get off the bus, man. <laughs> oh, they or, hate us. Or out they, of their
0: individual cars since it's a.
2: <laughs> they hate us so much, and I don't blame them. You know, like it's just a team because, yeah, it's just like a bunch of other dudes, and they're just not ready for a team that's, if nothing else, like in very good shape relative yeah. to them. And mm-hmm. so, uh and it's actually pretty funny. So. Uh, I in basketball, um, at this point, because I, I just play so rarely, I'm basically a defensive specialist, which is so far away from my ultimate game, uh, where, you know, I'm basically an offensive specialist at this point, but I'm basically that guy in the league that is full court pressing you from as soon as you put it in. And like, I just try and make it miserable. And that's, that's <laughs> like, it's good. It's good. Cross training. It's yeah. fun. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And um, putting an open challenge—I know there's all on Twitter. All these teams talk. You know, we're pretty good. Whatever. Let's wait till Jock heals up with his ACL, and uh, then <laughs> let's run it. Let's run it, and uh, we'll find out.
0: Something Zach can attest to is uh, I love of game. I love a hustle, man. I'm a big hustle fan. I got—I picked the hustle to to just win everything this year. The whole damn thing. What do you think of the hustles chances in the South right now? It's a wide open division.
2: Yeah. I mean, Austin with that, uh, Carolina dub really Mm -hmm. opens things up for sure. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of a number. I know you guys are like sports guys, you know, what the, what the number is, but, uh, I'll say like overall, I, I, you know, I think there's a a decent chance of that happening. You know, I'm certainly not counting us out. Um, the division is pretty wide open. I do, my biggest fear is basically just when is our organization and getting everybody uh, chemistry and enough reps together, mm-hmm. because I think the talent is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at this point we haven't had a, a, a full line, right. Of just where everybody's together. And, you know, we were very fortunate to beat Austin and we had most of it. So, you know, there, there's certainly a glimpse of it, but uh when we get everybody and if we can make that push kind of at the end of the season and still be in that playoff chase, then, you know, I feel pretty good about it. And uh, Carolina, obviously a very great team, obviously a lot of chemistry experience. I'm not going to knock them at all, but uh, they've had a couple key injuries, you know, Um, you know, I, I I hate for it to come down to that. um, But at the same time, like, you can't deny that losing Youngst and Laviolette for them, I, I think, was is pretty yeah. crucial. So um, the division feels wide open. I certainly, as Zach knows, Atlanta. You know, we we almost we legit almost lost to Tampa. That was that was real this past weekend. You know, um, we we can play down and and we know that, but our ceiling is very high. And I think if we get everybody on the same page late, you know, I I, I feel like it's. Uh, definitely over 50% us getting to championship weekend and, you know, more than 25%, more than one fourth mm-hmm. of us winning the championship. I'll say that. So uh, I feel pretty good about it. As long as, you know, we got that chemistry and we get everybody bought in and ready to go at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think you guys have a shot to host the play in game, you know, take one against Carolina Carolina has to come to you guys right before Madison. I think it's a good shot. We talked to Paul a couple of weeks ago and asking about West Coast ultimate versus ultimate in the South. And ultimate in the South, and I mean, of course I can say this, Chase can say this being in Arkansas, it's a different game. It's grittier. It's a lot more blue-collared out there. So I feel like you guys, Carolina, Austin, it's up in that tier right now, obviously, with that win this past Saturday, are all going to be punching each other's in the mouth. So like, it sucks that the South only gets two teams in the play-in really sucks because that third team is definitely going to deserve a shot at it, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like you said, towards the end of the season, if you guys get it together, if Austin could ride this high, see how Carolina responds to this uh, Texas road trip, it'll be pretty fun to watch.
2: Yeah. I mean, Austin and us have, it's been point differential that separated us for, I think two of those years. I know one year we got to the playoffs because of that and one year they got to the playoffs on on point diff i believe with us so yeah i expect it to be close you know i i don't think people really understand how pivotal each game is uh in the adl schedule with only 12 games um Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times in certain divisions it doesn't it like won't really matter but in a division like ours i i think it's going to be super close and i'll be uh i will be Glued to UDL-TV when uh, they go up there to play Chicago and Madison. Uh, I'm really interested about that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. both from a, you know, just curiosity, interdivisional matchups are always fun, but this one is obviously especially relevant.
0: All right. We have got to hit another ad read, but before we do that, we're going to say goodbye to Matt. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Is there, yeah, uh, we if appreciate you want it. to if you want to plug your social, I know you've got a couple uh, uh, sh- uh shows that you're doing. Uh, if you want to plug those, please go for it.
2: Yeah, so I'll plug two. One, my my personal uh, Instagram account is at Matt Smith under slash Frisbee dude. Uh, please find me. The part of the reason I, I have it is to interact with fans and it's kind of dedicated uh, to a Frisbee account. So I would love to talk to people, reach out. You know, I have fun interactions and would love to have more. Uh, the second one I'll say is, you know, someone, uh, yeah, we'll plug the weekly show, watch the AUDL weekly show. Um, honestly, if you're an AUDL fan, it's, it's, it's a pretty good show. It you know, recaps everything. You get exclusive interviews. Uh, I have a lot of fun meeting and getting to know a lot of the players. So yeah, if you want to find me, find me on Instagram, that's the best way to do it and, uh, watch the AUDL weekly show, but thanks for having me guys. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to listening To all the podcasts in the future. And uh, hopefully I'll be seeing y'all both around.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it.
0: Yep, thank you very much, Matt. And we are going to hit this quick break. We will be right back with more Tilted Landshark on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/sgp again that is athleticgreens.com/sgp to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to the Tilted Land Shark Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, thanks again to Matt Smith for joining us. That was an mm-hmm. awesome interview. Awesome interview. Uh, you know, especially having a slash here, someone who's involved with the league and also a player—that's badass. Yeah, is what? A lot what that of good is. insight. You know what else was badass, Zach? Tell me, Chase. Tell me, what do you got? Three money line dogs. Boom! That hit, hit this past weekend. That's right. It's tout time. We're going to start pounding our chests.
1: Just everyone who's listening. So, you know, hitting dogs in the ADL is a very tough thing to do. It's, it could be a pretty chalky sport. Chase here killed it. Killed it with the money line picks.
0: If you can't see me right now, of course, but I'm shrugging like that guy in the last day, the weird looking guy from the last dance, you know, playing quarters <laughs> with uh, Michael oh, Jordan straight up. Oh, no.
2: yeah
0: oh well yeah i hope you guys all know what that looks like it's what i do um yeah no we it was for one uh just amazingly a great weekend for dogs for two just Mm -hmm. uh some really entertaining games let's go ahead we're gonna recap week six and we're gonna fly through these let's jump into it we had boston going to dc this weekend friday night first leg of a back-to-back DC gets the dub, <clears throat> 25-20, covers the three and a half point spread. My mm-hmm. only comment on this game was uh, we always say hammer if you're not hammer or you're nothing. Well, this DC team is something. They were on straight up hammerhead mode, throwing hammers all over the place, and they actually covered my over with a hammer. God bless them. <laughs> yeah. Uh it was, you know, a case of DC getting out to an
1: early lead and maintaining that lead, I think, talent-wise. Too much for Boston. Joe Richards with four goals. Jakeith Neeson with four assists and three goals for D.C. They kind of, you know, took the helm. This was uh, Neeson's first game with D.C. this year, and he started off on a hot foot. Boston had, you know, no response to that at all. So the better team won and covered there.
0: All right, moving on to the second half of the Boston matchup. Boston traveled to uh, Philly to take on, uh, take on the, uh, the old Phoenix, and uh, Philly was a baby baby dog on the money line plus 105 but we cashed it that's right we got him whenever baby dog should have locked it should have locked
1: this game i have no
0: idea what i was doing why why didn't yeah the the glove beagle baby dog tiny tiny little dog but they get the job done and what was a pretty actually entertaining game boston showed some showed some fight here
1: Mm -hmm. uh yeah we we have this rule here we have a third commandment Fade the team on the second half of a back-to-back. Uh, I could get to this at the end. I could tell you now. 4-11 against the spread. Teams on the second half to a back-to-back. Boston falls victim to that. Uh, James Pollard, who I drafted in our fantasy league, a player who I've been high on all season, forces. Two goals and a block. He led the team in 288 receiving yards. Um. Yeah. The I will say the one thing I when I was researching this game, the one thing that stood out to me, ADA website. I don't know what's going on with the stats. So Philly, they show your red zone conversion. They show how well you do with Hucks and everything in between, right? Philly scores 24 goals in this game that they won. In their stats, they have 16 red zone conversions and 9 Hucks scores, which puts them at 25 goals. Yet, they only scored 24. Chase, <sighs> wow. do you have any idea what's
0: going on here? Phantom points. Hey, Okay. I mean, uh, is there like an Elias sports bureau that can go ahead and do like a stat correction after the fact? Uh, I've had that bone me out of, out of like, uh, fantasy football before the, after the fact, really? uh, stat correction. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a sore topic. I don't want to bring it up. Kept me out the championship. We will not talk about this. Let's yeah. go ahead and move on. Yeah, okay. So, moving on, <laughs> this was uh one of my locks uh, of the week. Uh I, the first one was uh, was the uh, the over in that Boston DC game, but uh the other lock I had was the under 47 and a half in the Toronto New York game and uh thank you Toronto. Uh, thank you Toronto yeah. for that. God that is you way. Toronto. Because oh uh gosh. We thought the number was too big. It was an eight and a half point spread. New York wins 25 to 8. They they doubled it and then <clears> some.
1: <throat> yeah. Uh New York, they've been dominating lately. So big game next week. We'll talk about Thursday. But as of late, these other games they've had in the East, straight dominated. Ben Cat's had a classic 3 3 and 3 game, three goals, three assists, three blocks. Here's a fun stat. Toronto. 15 minute span with no goals that's in 26 minutes only one goal they scored four goals in the
0: last three quarters of the game you have to consider that most of these games end around you know 40 points plus you end up what averages out to a little bit around you know a little bit more than maybe one one goal per per minute essentially and to have that sort of dry spell my lord Moving on. Hold up. Oh, go ahead. Uh, go I was ahead. gonna
1: say I was gonna look up the. Uh, I can't look up before this game, but you know, points that uh, the rush have scored per game. Let's see here. Nineteen points a game. They hit well under that. Just, I mean, New York was just on fire. Rush had no answer for them. But, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, that number was not too big uh for us but the the total was right where we wanted it to be exactly. uh moving on to ba- another canadian battle we had montreal traveling to ottawa uh montreal laying a, a point and a half total set of 43 and a half uh man they uh is you know this actually this score doesn't indicate how competitive this game was i was watching this one uh and i, I thought that uh I thought Ottawa gave him a little bit better game than, than that three points a separation showed.
1: <clears throat> yeah, this was your uh, Wednesday night weird spot game that I think we gave out some picks on Twitter. I had Montreal minus one and a half. I was on Ottawa it was plus kind one of, and
0: a half. I was hoping for the, yeah. the Ottawa,
1: Ottawa Wednesday night light magic. And, you know, that's it's the thing it is, is. I think Ottawa got a little bit of that magic. They kept it close for most of the game. Um Montreal it was a difference of a couple breaks honestly as the deeper teams that could put some good offensive players on defense to convert those breaks that was the big difference maker one and a half seemed like on a typical weekend Montreal at minus one and a half moving forward would be a lock uh but it was a Wednesday night game kind of weird travel spot, so it was a very iffy play that only half of us came out alive on that
0: now. Moving on, I, I think I stayed away from this game because it felt a little bit crazy. I'll have to see. I'm, I'll have to track it. But it was the, uh, the Madison-Pittsburgh game. Uh, Madison was uh, lane four and a half on the road. Total set at 37 and a half. They barely edged out Pittsburgh 2019. This was a little bit of a surprise, and I don't know. I still have no idea what to make of the Madison Radicals. I still do not know what to think about this team yeah i have
1: never had a chance to yet watch this game i'll be able to get on the highlights here soon you look at the stat sheet and it looked flat even pretty much the entire game and i mean through three quarters it was a tied game i think it was just the pitt had the lead right pitt had the lead late in the game it looked like it was going to be a game whoever had the final possession was going to win but it was just they gave it up at the end um Madison down two, holds. They are down 19-18 now, and then two breaks to end the game. Um, kind of heartbreaking. That final point lasts like three minutes, which is like kind of a dagger for Pitt, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, as for Madison, I mean, Kevin Petit Scantley is like their only guy. If you're like a casual ADL fan, you know KPS. He uh, had a pretty damn good game against Pitt. But, yeah, they're not that deep. But neither is the central division, honestly. Um, It's it's a Minnesota Chicago race. I'm not. When it comes to handicapping Madison, it's going to take a lot of digging. But as for like trying to figure out who's going to win that division, it's it's kind of clear cut already
0: at this point. Not impressed with Madison. So now moving on, staying in the central division, we had Indianapolis at minnesota this was a uh, another fairly uh, f- fairly interesting game here mm-hmm. um yeah big bummer for indy uh, i've got some friends some club teammates who play
1: for indy uh they were not a happy bunch saturday night um <coughs> the one the one highlight that came out of this as a you know watching my friends play my buddy carter ray got SportsCenter center top 10 at number two, for those listening and watch center he was the guy with the uh, what they called it the greatest. Yeah. This was floating out of bounds. He got a nice little lunge at it, caught it while it was going out of bounds, threw it back into the field of play before he landed out, and they got a score. That was the tie at one-one, and then everything went south afterwards.
0: If you've ever um, played ultimate, you know how difficult that is. That is yeah. such a hard play to execute. There's a reason why they call that a greatest. A greatest. They ain't yeah. Once again, in the Central Division, we got Chicago and Detroit. Uh, Chicago was laying seven and a half. They they covered it by the the hair of their chinny chin chins uh, when they uh, beat Detroit, the Mechanics, with an X twenty eight to twenty. Kind of yeah. what we expected.
1: It is, but still, you watch this and or see this, and I have a personal power rankings that I don't release because I just run through the top five in my head. Chicago's number two right now. I thought Minnesota's gonna win the central. Chicago's the number one, number one team in Central, number two team in the league. Uh Power Jones is making another case for MVP. Uh, nine assists from him. Nate Goff, only his third game, while other players have played five or six games, lead the leagues in blocks. He got five this game against Detroit. Very talented team. They're taking it to these teams. Um They've already beat Minnesota once. They could probably do it again. They're looking real damn good. Um, as for the mechanics, uh, let's try next week. We'll, we'll hit one of these money lines soon. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. We're going to hit it. Don't worry, guys. I'm here with
0: you. I'm here with you. So we're going to take things out west to the West Division. And uh, we have another, another surprise for the weekend, unless I'm mm-hmm. reading this wrong. Am I reading this wrong? You talking no, about they LA
1: do. going to Portland?
0: No, I'm talking about the uh, the Oakland and uh, the Oakland and uh, Salt Lake shred game.
1: Okay, oh, Salt no. Lake, yeah, destroyed them.
0: Okay, I thought yes, we we had it in the spreadsheet with uh, Oakland winning 21 20. It was a, it was a fat finger. That's no bad. I'm not placing any blame. That happens. Uh, <laughs> what? The okay, fuck did I just do here? Oh, I Lord. think it was
1: 21 30, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was yeah, 21.
0: Yeah, yeah total fat Salt, finger move. Salt Lake gets the easy cover. Uh <laughs> a big win. A big high scoring game. Uh they mm-hmm. they well exceeded the the total there at 45 and a half. Salt Lake's just a, a buzzsaw. They will shred you.
1: Yeah, and this was a a great bounce about bounce back spot for Salt Lake after their loss last week. Um, to be able to play Oakland and just totally wreck them. Jordan Kerr, eight assists, three goals. Uh, looking really good again. It, Salt Lake looks to be back in form. They they run you all over the place, and they could just send it deep on you. A uh, pretty simple offense, but they're they're pretty damn athletic for this. So, so the, good. The,
0: the West was the division of of, of back to backs, and uh, mm-hmm. so Oakland had a back to back. They traveled to Colorado. They were Rocky Mountain high. Uh, but they did not score enough Rocky Mountain points. Uh, Colorado gets the win 22 16. Uh, once again, a, a cover by the, the hairs of the chinny chin chin for the, uh, mm-hmm. for the summits. Uh, sec- second get half of a back to back. That's really yeah. all I can say here. And even within that game, the second half,
1: um, Colorado had 11 throwaways or 11 turnovers but only threw three of those in the second half when Oakland was probably exhausted, couldn't get any more blocks. Um, and this Colorado team keeps winning, and not a lot of people are talking about them. They're undefeated. They're one of the few teams left that are undefeated, uh, led by Nethercut and Jay Frude. So I, it's, they're sneaky good. I You knew they were going to be good, but to me, not a lot of
0: people are talking about them. They're sneaky good right now. Speaking of sneaky good, they... The aviators of Los Angeles are flying high. Well, they were flying high Saturday night. After the win against Portland, they go on the road. They take down the Nitro. They 250 on the money line. I might have had that one. And by that, I mean, I did. I totally did. Boom. Uh, And not only this, this was a highly entertaining game. Uh, And Yeah. My apologies to whoever threw this, but uh, the most embarrassing Callahan of all time uh, on just a terrible, <laughs> just a gift Literally Callahan. To no one in crunch time sealed this victory for for uh, uh, L. A. It was uh, you yeah. ever throw, You ever had one of those just nat? What's your most embar? Just quickly, what's your most embarrassing frisbee moment?
1: Man, oh, you can't you can't do this to me.
0: I'm a goldfish when it comes
1: to ultimate and bad plays. I forget about things real fast. Yeah. Um most embarrassing play this was when we talked about how a lot of not not a lot of games were streamed um yeah there was a game when Dallas Dallas had a lot of money they streamed games wide open hammer right into the bread basket dropped yeah. what made it bad is my college teammates made a gif out of it Ooh. and that was the meme on our group text for the entire following season was that gif of me dropping a hammer so that's easily the most embarrassing not as bad as there were three aviators on that disc when that callahan was thrown yeah there was three of them on the disc the portland play for those who don't know what a callahan is it's like a safety in football yes exactly right you throw a turnover point of course yeah you throw a turnover in the other team's end zone to where they catch it they don't have to try to score that's their score um Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Leandro Marks had a good game. But, again, when do we ever get to watch a game in Portland when it's not raining? Right, right. It was pouring down rain in that game. Made it more fun.
0: Made it more fun. So, my most embarrassing moment. um, I shit you not. This guy's name was Callahan. Uh, I was on the mark near the end zone. And I was spread out real wide because he was just a sick handler. And uh, he five-holed me for a point
1: oh no you got nutmegged
0: yeah and it, uh you know how you're supposed to yell up i just <laughs> yelled he fucking five holed me and and just put my head down and walked off the field while the disc was still in the air like i didn't even care if it was a, if it was a turnover that's... i was done i was done for that point after getting five
1: yep. that's um, uh i can't imagine that this never happened to me in a game uh
0: practice a lot
1: but in a game yeah. that's tough man i'm sorry if
0: you- if you're out there listening, uh, Callahan of, of Denton, Texas, who played for the University of North Texas, um, you still haunt my dreams. All right, moving <laughs> on. We had LA second half of the back to back taking on the, the hot as a bottle rocket in July, Let's Seattle go. Cascades. I was my wrong, darling. I was full of hubris. I had LA on the money line, and after they beat Portland, I thought no one could beat them. Well, they, they could. Uh, and they were the Seattle Cascades.
1: Yeah, I'm one LA back to head back. You know, second half of back to back. But I'm high on the Seattle team. I they're turning into my darlings. Are they going to beat like teams like San Diego and Colorado and Salt Lake? Um, I think they beat Portland. Was it Portland last week? So yeah. Portland right now is skidding hard. Let's talk about that.
0: What's going Portland. on with those guys? They they thumped Portland and uh, I, don't, I don't know I, I don't know what it is uh, it, it's this also they also keep losing these games when they're playing at home is there something about that just swank ass stadium that they're playing in that that's I think working,
1: they're working against uh, too, them? Am, too amazed by that stadium I would be too honestly uh, second best stadium if you haven't watched the Madison Pittsburgh game Pittsburgh's view of the city is beautiful. Uh reminds me when I played in Charlotte and the backdrop was downtown Charlotte. But Seattle, we're going all over the place, guys. Seattle looks really good right now. They look damn good. Matt Redder forces two goals, three blocks, doing great. Adam Simon, who's like the guy on Seattle's offense, um, led them to an 81% hold rate, so their defense didn't give up a lot of breaks. I get L.A. may have been exhausted, but... It it also helps when Seattle in the third quarter, four of their five-o points took less than 30 seconds, keeping Seattle
0: LA's offense on the field, exhausting them even further so they can pull away. All right. Now let's talk some dirty South ultimate here. South division. It was an interesting division this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off with the the folks that had the back-to-back here, which was uh, Carolina, the Flyers had made their Tejas road trip. Uh, first night uh, after a, a weather break, whenever it was like uh, biblical type rain that they yeah. had to wait out, it was just if you see saw the picture that the uh, the Dallas uh, Twitter feed, you know, Twitter account put out there, it was uh, it was wet, it was wet, it was wet. standing water, wet. That field dried out pretty well, uh, and Carolina got an <clears throat> easy win. They win it by eight, 26-18. Yeah.
1: Dallas couldn't even break Carolina. Carolina's offense had a flawless game. The only two points Carolina didn't score were end of quarter points. So again, Dallas, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. is going to be a very entertaining game. Let's just say that.
0: I think so too. I think so too. Just <laughs> those, those two teams that are kind of have been the, been the whipping boys getting together. Mm-hmm. We, we put those together. Just surprising things happen. Someone's got to win that game. Someone's got the, someone's got to win ball. All right, moving on. Speaking of Tampa Bay, uh, we had the hustle traveling down to Tampa Bay. Spread here was eight and a half. Zach and I were convinced, I believe, that this this number was way too big, and uh, we were proved right. Uh, ended mm-hmm. up a uh, narrow margin of victory, eighteen sixteen. Atlanta gets the win. I'm not too concerned yeah. about about you know them not blowing out Tampa. It Doesn't seem like they ever blow out Tampa. This might be kind of where they let their young bucks get a get a little little more playing time. Yeah.
1: Some key players not playing. Um, I don't think Cleaf traveled. Uh Austin Taylor didn't have his best game. I don't know what happened there. Eli had a good game, six goals. Bobby Lay playing against his old Cannons team for Atlanta had five assists. Um but yeah, it it was just, you know, kinda shocking to see that first half to be Tampa up two. at when I saw that I was like, I think Atlanta could probably take care of business. Um and that leads to the uh, trend of the week. I'm going to start trying to do trends of the week. Ooh, okay. You know, I give you back-to-back trends. The past few weeks, I've talked about you know picking against big spreads, mm-hmm. picking the dog when the spread's like six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half. Went back, look at the numbers. Teams that are favored by six and a half points or more
0: are six and nine against the spread. Listen. Um, if, if that sort of info isn't worth the price of admission itself, which, by the way, is free. It's free to download the show. 100% uh, free. If that's not worth giving us a listen, I don't know what is. This man is doing the work. He's working in these yeah. spreadsheets. He shares them with me. I can see him when he's in there working on them. He's in there all the time. Just cranking out the data. Uh, but, yeah,
1: so it's something we got to look forward to. Um, obviously, Tampa got the cover, and they're at home. that will be a good little split to look at, too, as the home way. away. Big spreads um, to kind of divide it further, see what kind of numbers we could get. But is it going to grow? Is it going to a, it gonna grow to a commandment? Um, we'll uh, we'll give it one more weekend. There's got to be like a sample size that we can. That's like, true. Right, It's a commandment now. Our our bosses make fun of nerds. I'm a I'm a numbers nerd. So I'm a statistical nerd. So I may get crap for that. But we got to give a good sample size before we could give it a commandment.
0: I'm not a prophet, but sometimes I have prophetic
1: dreams. That's how I roll. All we do is make profit here on this podcast, anyway. So,
0: speaking of which, speaking oh. of which, Carolina. Oh, take over. Carolina went to Austin on the second half of their back-to-back. Austin, a plus one hundred and fifty dog on the money line. Oh, bingo, bango, we got it done, baby. Twenty-one twenty, the win for Austin. I'm not going to say I called it, but I called it. You called
1: it. Um, this was a highly entertaining – if you want to watch good ultimate, good high-level ultimate, I mean, Austin stepped up and took every punch Carolina gave them. Their offense looked amazing. Um, let's see. Eric Taylor for Carolina, who I always thought was the best player, obviously had a good game. Mark Evans of the Atlanta, or Austin Soul, huge game on the stat sheet. Off the stat sheet, play the game. Final point a big sky over one of Carolina's best defenders that leads to the game winning goal. Um, the game ends on a very awkward Terrence Mitchell for Carolina gets hand blocked. Those who know Ultimate, listening to this podcast, throw your flicks on your flick side, don't throw a backhand on the flick side because it's right. a, you're going to get hand blocked half the time. And if there's refs, they're not going to call a foul on that. You could call a foul if you're playing club. When there's refs there, you throw a backhand on the flick side. People who don't know ultimate are confused. Don't worry about it. Throw your flicks on your flick side. That's how Carolina lost this game. Tanner's tried to throw a backhand on his flick side and got hand blocked, and the game ended like
0: that. Dude, I I was at a tournament in Memphis. I was on the disc on the sideline. I tried to get cute and throw a high release backhand on the flick side, and just got it. It had no chance. It got murdered. And we get Mm -hmm. to the sideline and one of the older guys who'd been had played in nationals. He but he was like in his 40s at this point. He stands right in front of me and he like holds the disc out to one side and he's like, what side is this? I said forehand. What side is this? backhand he goes when you're on the forehand side throw a fucking forehand and it was the most embarrassed i've ever he just undressed me verbally undressed me right there on the sideline it was awful for me um i on the i was on the
1: other side of that so the year before i played chain we're playing against chain at sectionals and i was guarding matthew knowles um the husband of coach miranda knowles who i speak highly of all the time i was guarding him he is a big fan of throwing backhand on the flick side So I got him on a hand block, and he called a foul when he tried to do a backhand on the flick side. He called a foul, and I was like, I'm not going to try to argue this. Sure, maybe it was a foul. we talk about it, and I said, I'm not going to contest this, but don't throw your backhand on the flick side. And his wife, who is the coach of the team, looks as like, yeah, I've been trying to tell him that for a long
0: time. (laughs) (laughs) He also won't empty the dishwasher, the lazy bastard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is it. That is our wrap up for week six. We are going to get out of here. Zach, any, any parting words from you?
1: I got nothing. I'm looking forward to a Thursday. We got a couple of back-to-backs. Um, yeah. It's I say we go for another profitable weekend,
0: right? Let's ride this high. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's that's the thing about about sports gambling is when you feel like you're on top, you feel like it's never going to end, but you know what? This time it's not, it's not going to end. We're going to keep being profitable. That we is, haven't peaked yet. That is, we far from it. Far from it. <laughs> that is it for us on the Tilted Land Short Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining once again. And uh, listen, it doesn't matter if you're if you're a DC Breeze or not, hammer or you're nothing.